All right, welcome back to another episode of the CMC Game. I'm Marking Ross, and this is SD Sharpie with me. Sharpie, how you doing? I'm sorry. <laughs> what was that intro? <laughs> it sounded like we were about to raise like a, a, a boss or something. <laughs> That's not the normal intro. <laughs> we might be. So, <laughs> pulling back the curtain, uh, I did not have the correct music loaded for this recording, so I uh, found some surprise music for Sharpie, and apparently he loved it. Yep. <laughs> well, thank you to everyone who's joining us again. This is episode number three, and this is the CMC game. So as a reminder, this is a a game where we evaluate card value based on mana value. But before we get into too much of that... Housekeeping! <laughs> so if you want to support the, the channel, um, me and Ross and Big Tuck and Mr. Combo, you can do so on... Uh, patreon.com slash cmd tower uh some of the things you get are access to our discord there's some really cool swag in there uh, are we still doing swag yeah or do we have, yeah okay we have a, a patreon referral so if you re- refer somebody through patreon uh you get some kind of bonus yep you just gotta let us know and then we'll hook you up yep so definitely check that out if you're in the giving mood of course and there are channels out there that aren't locked down. So if you want to give people a little taste, as they say, there are some open channels where you can go in and check out kind of what's going on, what we talk about. If you're a fan of Marvel snap, there's an open channel there. Uh, I know Sharpie here loves that game. Uh, oh no. <laughs> but if you're not, and you're more into magic, there's uh, some more, more intimate content that you can get in there where uh, you submit your deck. We talk about it, uh, talk about builds that are coming up and, Ideas that we have, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, you but, can come hang out with me while everybody else chats in the Marvel Snap channel. <laughs> if you're if you're not into uh, heroes, you can talk Planeswalkers with Sharpie. <laughs> and the, the swag that we mentioned, if you want to find it elsewhere or if you're already a, a Discord member and just want to see what the what the options are, we also have an Etsy shop. You can find that by going to Etsy and then Typing in the search bar, CMD Tower. There's a URL that you could type in, and I never remember what it is. I should have it typed in front of me. But yeah, if those kinds of things aren't really your deal, but you kind of want to help us out a little bit more in a different way, you can hit up our sponsor, abyssproxyshop.com. It's a really cool website where you can get some sweet playtest cards or proxies, whatever you want to call them. But they have some really cool stuff on there. I have quite a few things put in a cart right now that I haven't ordered, but Just Mr. Combo has gone so far as to make two custom decks off the website, and they look really gorgeous in person. But if you head on over there, you can use code CMDTOWER for 10% off of your order. Now so, that that's done... Go yes, ahead, sorry. Sharpie, before we move on, I am curious something. Okay. If you were to make your own all-custom card deck, what theme would it be? Oh, man, I don't know. Hmm. Probably, like, Monster Hunter-related. Ooh. Yeah. Deep cuts. Yeah. Uh, I've I've thought about this, and I even thought about who the commander would be. Yeah. I I want to make a Batman themed deck, but focus on the villains. So it's a rogues oh, gallery deck. That's cool. And it would have to be five color, just to like represent all of the various villains that he has. But I think. Yeah. Well, what's the uh, the world tree, or the, the what's that gal's name? Uh, Essica. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, so 
That's the one where you can reveal legendaries, right? Yeah. Or, Off the yeah, top? or planeswalkers. Yeah, creatures yeah. are legendaries. So I think yeah. I would have one side of that be like Hugo Strange, um, and then the other side would be Arkham Asylum. So the idea is that your deck is the Asylum, and Hugo, who used to run the Asylum, is like slowly leaking out the, the villains back mm-hmm. into Gotham. Yeah, sounds like you put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> I gotta yeah, say, no, I that, that sounds like a cool idea. Yeah. Mr. Cabo's Najila deck is pretty sweet. I'm a big fan of Najila in the first place. So what? That's a, kinda, a trash kinda card. jelly on that one. I don't you know what? I'm gonna put some thought into that and next episode I'll hit you up with my idea. Alright, I'll be ready for it. Alright, now that's all that. Now that all that's done, if I can speak English, Stop. what's the haps? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been up to You're such since a our dad. last episode? Well, Unlike most folks, I took my Christmas Christmas vacation time opposite, so a lot of people take it like between Christmas and New Year's, mm-hmm. and I took mine the week before, so I had yeah. all this free time when none of my friends had free time. <laughs> so, so I spent many hours, and I'm not done yet, just like reorganizing my random stacks of cards that are laying around. I have all of my like, like what you would call bulk boxes done, so they're each separated by color so far and then i'm at some point i would like to go through uh and just track all of them for value so that i can eventually build out like an intelligent trade binder as opposed to just things i think are cool yeah you have more um drive and determination than i do i just throw stuff in random boxes that's how it how it has been and it's starting to drive me nuts so i want to yeah yeah i have piles on my desk and boxes everywhere so I should probably take a play out of your book. Well, it's it is kind of a pain in the ass, so I don't know how much I'd recommend it. But <laughs> I got to take a week off for it. Apparently, yeah, exactly. What's been uh What's been happening in your world? Well, like you said, uh, Christmas. I didn't. I didn't get any Christmas related or magic related stuff, like actual like MTG stuff for Christmas. Mm-hmm. My wonderful wife did buy me some binders, so super thankful for that. I did go and buy a, a fat pack, I think is what they're still called, for myself as a Christmas gift, and got some pretty swag pulls out of that. Pulled a foil Urza. That was pretty sweet. Traded that off today to LZ. Shout out to LZ for always hitting me up with some sweet trades. And I bought a few more booster packs today because uh, I was off work and decided to hit up the LGS and pulled another Urza, so... Everything's You're swimming in Urzas. Yeah, in the pools department. That and Phyrexian dragons. It's all coming up, Urza. <laughs> so I do need to rewind you really quick. You corrected yourself when you said that you didn't, you said, I didn't get anything magic related and then said MTG related. So it makes me wonder, yes. did you get like a, a magic kit where you can uh, do like card tricks and stuff? No, unfortunately. No. Wow. I thought we were going to learn a secret talent of Sharpie. No. I have a secret talent. It's called sleeping. <laughs> going to pull a pull a Preston out of his hat. Yeah. What else have you been playing? I know you're not playing Snap. Is there are there any other games that are currently you're into or anything like that? Well, I keep saying I need to get back to Monster Hunter Rise because I think there have been two two new updates with um, more monsters being released, and there's another one scheduled pretty soon, and I haven't played any of those, but. Uh, the new Pokemon game came out, I don't know, what, about a month ago now at this point, and I've just been mm-hmm. playing that, so 
that takes up most of my free time if I'm not playing Magic. I believe it. <laughs> All right. Well, now we'll get down to what everybody came here for, the <laughs> CMC game. So as a quick reminder, each each time we do this, we're going to uh, walk through a deck that is selected by you, the collective, where we will put out options of decks to talk about, put it up to a vote, and then whichever one is selected is the one that we end up running through. As we walk through it, the hosts, that's uh, me and Sharpie in case you haven't been paying attention, we're going to go through and at each mana value slot, talk about our favorite pick within that slot. And then whoever does not own the deck will make five recommended cuts and adds that the owner of the deck will get to react to, and then we'll see if there's an improvement. Yeah, with that being said, uh, the previous two episodes have brought some great improvement to the decks. So, without further ado, Marketing Ross, what's the deck? This time, the collective has selected Mazzy, True Sword Paladin, or Snazzy Mazzy, as I like to call her. (laughs) For those of you who are not familiar, um, she is from the Baldur's Gate, the Commander set version. And she is a Halfling Knight, a 3-4 for one colorless and Naya, red, green, white. And she says, whenever an enchanted creature attacks one of your opponents, it gets plus two, plus zero, and gains trample until end of turn. And then, whenever an aura you control is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, exile it. Until the end of your next turn, you may cast that card. What's this deck looking to do, sir? (laughs) Well, she might be giving a little bit of it away. I, I kind of want to use and reuse auras, which has always been something that's kind of interesting to me. But the downside of auras, as many people know, is a lot of times you put them on something, you put them on your favorite creature, your favorite creature gets dunzoed, and then the auras fall into the graveyard. So with Mazzy, the idea is that when they fall into the graveyard, you get to exile them and then reuse them next time. So as much as possible, I tried to keep the cost of the auras down so that I do have a chance to reuse them. And then the other cool thing about her, which is stated right on the card is that if a creature is in, if a creature is enchanted and it attacks an opponent, it gets plus two plus O and trample, which is pretty sweet. And the best part about that is it doesn't just work for your creatures. So if other people happen to be running enchantments, if somebody's doing a, a Voltron build or something, you can just sweeten the pot a little bit to attack opponents. She, and then, she makes me think of, I think his name was Gaji. He kind of did oh, the, the same the thing. the Honored One? Yeah, but yeah, Isn't she that seems Naya a lot too? better. Yeah, he is. I think he's a five drop, but he right. seems more like group hug focus where this one could kind of go in that route, but then you could also just go the more streamlined punishing route that you went. <laughs> the the straight up aggro beat your face. Yeah. Route. Yeah. Another cool thing that I've seen a few people do is uh, use some curses because they are auras. And so yeah. if somebody figures out how to get rid of their curse, Mazzy says, not so fast. <laughs> so what kind of numbers, number of cards are we looking at for each CMC? So there will be zero, zero drops. All of my cards are one through seven cost, with the bulk of those falling in the two and three range. Oh yeah, I like those numbers. And if it costs somehow, more than three mana, it's it's too much of a commitment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
well, speaking of three mana, somehow that's where we landed on final CMC for this build. So that being said, I don't remember what like the the preferred CMC value or the average CMC value for the deck is when it comes to CDH. Isn't it like 1.9 something? It's Yeah, it's pretty low. Yeah, it's yeah. sub two, I, I think. Gotcha. So, so this is definitely not CDH, but it is uh, lean, I guess you would call it. Yeah? Ish. Lean-ish. Compared to some of my other builds. I don't know. The last build I saw was pretty lean, too. Lean, mean, golem-fighting machine. He, he did some work. Uh, and I seem to be developing a, or revealing something about myself here that I like to get in the red zone and punch some faces. <laughs> you also like red and white. That's true. That showed up last time. I'll have to make sure the, the ones I put out for vote next time don't include either of those colors. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, how about we start this game? Sure. So since it's my deck, I will give you the honor of starting first. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. So at the, the, the one CMC, my pick for your deck is Sticky Fingers. It is a one drop. You have what? Sticky Fingers. Uh, It is a one drop for one red mana enchantment aura. It says enchant creature. Enchanted creature has manache or menace for the people at home. And whenever this this creature, not player, creature deals combat damage to a player, you create a treasure token. And it says when when enchanted creature dies, draw a card. So this this reminds me of the um, the curse. It's a red red curse. Opulence. It's a one drop. Yeah, that one that gives you gold, which is arguably better than treasures. Mm-hmm. But this one fits your build much better than that. Like they they both want you to attack, but this being an aura that enchants a creature as opposed to a player seems better for you. I also really like that when the the creature dies, you get to draw a card. So not only is it ramping you, but it kind of gives you a payoff for when your your creature bites the dust. Which it probably will. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that they just kind of snuck that in there at the end on what is pr- pretty good on a like a common one-drop enchantment. It's pretty good anyway. And then they're just like, yeah, your creature's probably going to die, so you can draw a card too. It's, it's pretty wild that that's a common. It fits right yeah. into Popper. Hey, I think it was uh, uh, Spencer rabbits in the discord was looking to looking to build a popper deck with uh mr orfeo the boulder this seems like a good pick yeah it does all right ross what do you got for the one drop all right the one drop that i wanted to talk about is called one with nature this is uh all the way back from scourge it's a one green uh enchantment aura and it says whenever the enchanted creature deals combat damage to a player you may search your library for a basic land card and put that into play tapped then shuffle your library pretty straightforward you want to get it down early it helps you ramp and then um, as the game progresses it you can kind of consider it as just giving a creature plus two trample if your commander's out and i guess you could also kind of call it deck thinning later in the game yeah I, i really like this i've seen a lot of like enchantress voltron builds in my stint of edh but i don't i don't think i've ever seen this card that might be because the card, the creature has to deal combat damage mm-hmm. for you to uh, ramp, but that's where good old Mazzy comes in with that plus two and trample. It helps a lot. All right, moving on into the, the two drop, I will start this one off. 
we're sticking with green since you commented on my <laughs> love for red and white, apparently. And this time I wanted to talk about season of growth. So for one color less than a green, uh, you get an enchantment and it says whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. And then secondarily, whenever you cast a spell that targets a creature you control, draw a card. So for me at a two drop, this is giving me double value on what I'm already going to be doing in the game, which is putting creatures out and then casting auras that target creatures. Yeah. When I was looking through your, your deck for cuts, this was almost a cut because <laughs> I just read the first line and there was so much reminder text. I almost forgot or missed the part where it says you get to draw a card when you cast an aura. And then I was like, Oh, it really explains why that's there then. Yep. It, uh, it, it pulls its weight. I mean, in uh, Enchantress builds, you're you're not really hurting for card draw most of the time anyway, but I, I like that this sticks around even when those like Enchantress-type creatures don't. So yeah. you still still get some card draw and uh, get to top deck manipulate well, a little bit. It, it's also a, a two-drop, and it's an mm-hmm. enchantment instead of a creature where most of your Enchantress effects are creatures that can eat removal pretty easily. Right. Well, I guess with that being said, uh, my two drop is is the Enchantress, um, <laughs> the number one best girl out there. Uh, set this harvest hand. So I mainly picked this one. Uh, well, one, it is a good card, but I also have a set this harvest hand deck. It's super fun, super strong, super fast, super resilient. She is a two drop for a white and a green legendary enchantment creature, Nymph. Uh, whenever you cast an enchantment spell, you gain one life and you draw a card, and she's a one two. Uh, she's really good because it's when you cast an enchantment, so it can be countered, but you still get to draw a card and gain one life. And mm-hmm. like you said, um, with all these auras, having these enchantress effects are super good. Absolutely. I'm not going to tell Mazzy that you said that she's not the best girl, but. <laughs> I, I do like Sithis a lot, and in this particular build, I also like that um, I can potentially get in and punch some face with Sithis. Oh yeah, that that's pretty cool. I would pay to see that. A lot of people would. All right, moving on into the three drop. What did you pick? Okay, so this is uh, actually one of my favorite cards from this year. Really? Yeah, mostly based on the art. Okay, which... fair. Okay, I'll get into that in a second. I'll read the card first. Um, Unquitchable Fury is my my pick for the three drop. So for a red and two colors, you get an enchantment aura. It says enchant creature. When enchanted creature has whenever creature attacks, it deals X damage to defending player where X is the number of cards in their hand. And then when Unquitchable Fury is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return it to your hand. So this kind of acts like half of sort of fire and ice where you're punishing people for having more cards. And then it also acts like half of rancor where when the creature dies, you get your, your, your aura back. So getting into my favorite part about the card is the art. I'm really big into Asian culture for the most part. I really like art and stuff like this. I don't know if there are any One Piece fans out there, but this really reminds me of uh, a certain character from the, the Wano arc that's wrapping up. But the problem I have with this this card in, in your deck is Uh-oh. the art. So Wait, the art is the problem? Yeah. So <laughs> give, give everyone a little backstory on how uh, I play Magic and why some of my decks turn out bad. Uh, I, I'm really into the art on cards, and I don't like 
when uh, the arts don't mash. So your commander is all like D&D-esque and is a knight and has like plated armor and all this cool stuff. And you have these other creatures that, that are kind of like that. You have a lot of like Greek inspired stuff. But then, then then you have what looks to be a samurai with demon mask, oni mask. And I'm just like, man, as cool as that card is, it just does not really fit into this deck art wise. All right. So somebody's going to correct me, but I'm pretty positive that in D&D you can choose samurai as a, a class. So yeah. a samurai could be fighting alongside a paladin. I guess that's but true. I, I hear I hear you, but I just wanted to be <laughs> ostracized. Yeah, the certain there's certain situations where I won't run cards in a deck because the art doesn't match everything else, which was why I got into making uh, foil proxies there for a while because I had a short guy deck and I I wanted all the vehicles to look like mechs and it was just a whole thing. But uh, off the tangent now. Uh, Ross, what was your three drop? Yeah. <laughs> One thing I was going to men- mention on that, on your pick as well, is unlike the sword, this triggers on attack. So you don't even have to get through for that That's true. big hand punishment yeah. to happen. But for my three drop, I went with a card that Sharpie would probably never pick. Uh, that's Fabled Hero. Uh, and this is where we're going to see some of the sub theme coming out in this deck. It's it's a bit heroic. <laughs> so Fabled Hero is one colorless and white white for a creature human soldier. It's a 2-2 with double strike, and it has heroic. So whenever you cast a spell that targets Fabled Hero, put a 1-1 counter on Fabled Hero. So the reason I like the heroic effect in this build is because all of those auras are targeting the creature, and then they're going to continue to grow on their own. And as they continue to grow, Mazzy is also granting them trample. So they're going to get bigger and bigger and just keep punching through for more damage. Yeah. And then on top of all that, Fabled Hero also has a double strike, which is kind of yeah. gross. He's going to slap. Touching base on the heroic thing, uh, I really like that for this deck because it's not like prowess where they just get plus one, plus one for the spell. They get counters. And with your ores, that's super good because there's more of a payoff. Like with prowess, you're, you 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 kind of want to play more of a spell slinger strategy where you're you're casting ton of spells and you know they're getting beefed up. Whereas you you're perfectly fine with only casting one aura a turn and them getting a plus one plus one counter and keeping it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you might be cleverly alluding to something we're going to talk about later. <laughs> Maybe just a little bit. All right. Moving into the four slot, um, I wanted to talk about Sage's Reverie. Is that so what you really th- wanted to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes, I, I do want to talk about it. Um, it's not it's not um, the flashiest enchantment that we have, but I think there's a lot of value packed into it. So for three colorless and a white, it's an enchantment aura enchant creature. I feel like we don't need to say all that every time, but... <laughs> When it when it enters the battlefield, draw a card for each aura you control that's attached to a creature. So not just that one, all of the auras. And then Enchanted Creature gets plus one, plus one for each aura you control that's attached to a creature. So the cool thing about this one is that uh, you can spread the love with your auras. And then kind of like uh, another one in here, All That Glitters, you just get buffs for all of the auras that are around. And then you also get to draw, draw extra cards. Yeah, I think this is super sweet. And like you said, um, 
you're not building a, a Voltron strategy. Like you actually want all your creatures suited up with with auras, and I think that's really cool. I've seen a lot of decks like Rafik of the mini where mm. they play this type of strategy, but they're they're just kind of souping up one creature, and it usually works out, but things could go wrong doing something like that like any voltron strategy you start losing your creatures um you 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 enchant it you lose it it just sucks but with this deck being able to go wide i think is very strong and that's why you know something like sage's reverie being a four drop is not really a problem like i said earlier you know anything above a three drop is it's hard to commit to but with with this with this card it doesn't feel bad yeah absolutely and I've been Rafiqued of the many times. Uh, one of the guys in my other playgroup has a, a Rafiq deck, and somebody usually gets hit pretty hard. Yeah. The, but like you were saying, um, when you put all your uh, enchantments or eggs in one basket, there if you the go. <laughs> enchanted creature goes away, so does your your entire uh, commitment. Yeah. So all, I was going to say all of that probably leads pretty well into what you want to talk about. Yeah, uh, I want to talk about the best the best four drop in the deck. Uh, mm. That's going to be Shishro, the Shattered Blade. He's a legendary creature, legendary creature, snake shot samurai. Good Lord, I cannot talk tonight. Snake samurai for four mana. That's two colorless, a red and a green. And he has some busted text on him, which says, whenever an aura or an equipment enters the battlefield under your control, you create a 2-2 red spirit creature token with menace. And at the beginning of your end step, put a plus one, plus one counter on each modified creature you control. Equipments, auras, and counters on your creatures are modifications. So... My wife actually has a, a Shishiro deck that I built for her, and I don't normally like playing her decks because they're kind of all aggro-based, and that's not really my play style, but I really enjoy playing that one. Uh, it's very strong in this deck. It feels arguably stronger. Uh, you're going to be pumping out a lot of 2-2 Spirits with Menace, and they're going to be smacking for four every time they come in. They'll have Trample, but they probably won't need it. And... He's going to be making everything larger along with providing you with a small army to enchant with your auras. He's he's pretty sweet. He's We've talked about this before, but like the cards that you can play that grant you value for just continuing to do what you wanted to do anyway, I always love including those. And uh, Shashiro definitely feels like one of those cards in this build. It does make me wonder if you should introduce your wife to Mazzy, though. Nah, because then I couldn't play the deck. What? Because yeah. because the arts don't match. Well, no, because then I wouldn't have Shishro in the command zone. Fair. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, think that's it for the the four drops. Sharp, you're up for combo number five. I mean, slot number five. <laughs> okay. So full transparency, it was hard for me to find a card that I liked in this slot. Oh my if I had god, to be that's honest, rude. I don't really care for any of them. Uh, I just kind of settled. And the one I what settled on. is this, a roast? Is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I told you. If it's above three drop, it's hard to make a commitment. So um, the unfortunate five drop we're committing today is Quartzwood Cr- Crasher. Not Crusher. It's two colorless, two red, and a green. 
creature dinosaur beast with trample. Whenever one or more creatures you control with trample deal combat damage to a player, create an XX green dinosaur beast creature token with trample, where X is the amount of damage those creatures dealt to that player, and it's a 6-6. Six, six. So, I don't like it, but for the deck, I think it is super, super strong. Uh, Mazzy gives everything trample, so you're guaranteed to uh, make these dinosaur beasts with trample. Um, don't think you even need to enchant the guy. <laughs> and uh, I, Ross, were you there? I think you were the night we played yeah. with Cameron and the Tree Folklord, where this thing just went freaking bonkers. He made like I want to say like a hundred and thirty, hundred and thirty trampling dinosaur yeah, or some was, nonsense. This, this thing gets out of hand. I'm not saying it's a bad card. Um, just kind of like I said before, don't really care for aggro stru- stuff. And as far as the 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 five drops went, uh, it was the best thing I could I could pick. Damn, Going, <laughs> coming in hot with the opinions. But I, I mean, I think you argued yourself into anything that I was going to say in defense of the big trampoline dinosaur. Does everything that the deck wants to do is uh, make. Every time I punch, makes the next punch hurt even worse. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just uh, accruing more more punching value over time. Since since you didn't like any of the rest of them, I'll just talk about the rest of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. The, the one that I wanted to talk about is kind of a, a cute inclusion, which is one of my favorite things to do is get cute. But I wanted to talk about a certain Street Fighter, Blanca, the Ferocious Friend. So for three colorless and red-green, you can get a legendary creature human beast warrior. It's a 5-5 with haste, and it also has rolling attack. Blanca Ferocious Friend has trample as long as you've cast three or more spells this turn. Um, Usually not relevant in this build. The second part, though, is the the cute part, electric, electric thunder. So whenever Blanca becomes the target of a spell, he gets plus two, plus two until end of turn and deals two damage to each opponent. So he has haste already. So if I can drop him and then maybe drop a, you know, one drop or two drop enchantment on him, we're off to the races. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, the next turn, it's going to attack and be beefed up even more and have his own trample because of Mazzy. Probably not because I'm storming or anything (laughs) like that. But then gets so he gets the plus two attack from Mazzy, and then anytime I target him with a spell, um, he'll get another plus two and just hand out shock damage. Yeah, I think you found a neat little slot for this guy. I know you were super excited when you were first building the deck. Um, he kind of reads as one of those creatures, cards, or commanders that you kind of want to be playing like a twiddle or like storm type strategy where you're, you're playing all these ones and two drops that pump your creatures, but you found a a nice little corner for him to fit into your deck. Um, you may not always get to use his abilities, but the way he fits into this deck, you don't necessarily need to like getting his ability every other turn is not going to be the end of the world. He's not going to be feeling like a, a bad include. Uh, he's already a five, five. Um, your commander makes him a, a seven, five with trample. And then if you're, you're buffing him up with auras, he's just getting that much larger. And like you said, he had, he already has haste, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, base stats 5-5 five, five for 5 with haste. Like, that's pretty good already. Yeah. But, yeah, like you said, when they first spoiled him, I was super excited to build him. But then the more I looked into it, the more everybody was building it the same way. Like you said, just cantripping spells that target Blanca and handing out damage and then, you know, moving on. 
Yeah, we didn't need another feather. <laughs> All right, a, a <laughs> gruel feather. Yeah. All right, well, moving into the six drop, since we don't want to talk about those five drops, we'll talk about <laughs> an even higher slot, which you will love. My pick for the six drop, and there's only two to choose from here, so hopefully you didn't pick the same one, but I know you didn't because I feel like you probably don't even like this card, is Sun, Sun Titan. <laughs> Uh, so Sun Titan, for those of you who don't know, uh, is a Fabio impersonator, uh, for four colorless and white, white creature, giant with vigilance, six, six, but more importantly, it acts as almost a backup Mazzy to get my auras back because whenever it ETBs or attacks, I may return target permanent card with mana value three or less from the graveyard to the battlefield. So if Mazzy's not around to see the auras drop off and, you know, exile them to recast, he makes it so that I can bring them back in and reattach them. Yep. I don't have much to say about this card. It's a good card. It's a good commander card. Uh, kind of feels like the commander card. I, I would describe this as the Starbucks of the MTG world. Like everyone's looks like gonna he drinks know. Starbucks. <laughs> everyone's going to know what Sun Titan does. Right. Yeah, it's an okay card. I don't blame you for running it. I I understand. Just okay. Yeah, just okay. There are some cute things you can do with it, though. You're right. You can get lands back. Well, that too. (laughs) Your favorite kind of fetch, Evolving Wilds. You can get that back. Oh, God. (laughs) But no, like some of the the enchantments that that we talked about. So, you you know, you go to attack and you reattach all that glitters or something like that. And suddenly your your 6-6 is a, I don't know. We'll just call it an eight eight because we're not going to get crazy. Yeah. But, could, yeah. All right. You, you loved you loved that. What do you want to talk about in this slot, or what okay. do you have to talk about? Well, there was only one other card in the the six drop. So all right, by start default, over and get more excited. <laughs> no, I am actually excited about this one. the The six drop I I went with, which oh man, I just realized there's like three green pips in there. That is painful. Yeah, uh, we got Gargos Vicious Watcher. That's a legendary creature, Hydra, six mana, of course, three colorless and triple green, which I feel like is so hard to hit. But uh, it has Vigilance. Hydra spells you cast cost four less to cast, which I feel like is not important here. Correct. And then the thing that makes it good in this deck, which I find interesting and cool, is whenever a creature you control becomes the target of a spell... Gargo's Vicious Watcher fights up to one target creature you don't control. And he's an 8-7. So, I like what you're doing here. You got some style points for sure. Uh, it seems really cool to enchant your creatures. Or even enchant um, Gargos Because he says a creature, not another creature. And then just start mowing down your opponent's blockers. And or hate pieces. I feel like, I feel like this deck doesn't get blocked a lot. Yeah. It eats a lot of removal. Uh, yeah, I'd believe that for sure. <laughs> but yeah, this is, a, I, I guess, a, a steep way to introduce some some counter removal that's repeatable, I would call it. Yeah, it it's here. It feels like um, a better Uvenwald tracker. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, like you were saying, so maybe I want to, I don't know, enchant. Fabled Hero or something like that, because that's the one that I'm going to attack with. But Gargos can fight, I don't know, Gaddick Teague or something like that and and wipe his smug face off the board. <laughs> Not that this deck has a, a ton of problem with that that particular Kithkin, but 
you get the idea. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we have uh, one left to talk about. I will read off who it is and some of the stats, and then you can read all the stuff in the box. Okay, sounds good. All right, so in the seventh slot, we have Nylea's Colossus. So for six colorless and a green, we get an enchantment creature giant that is a 6-6. Six, six. And it has Constellation, which is whenever it or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, double target creature's power and toughness until end of turn. I mean, I don't know that this needs a lot of explanation. There's there's a lot of enchantments coming in. Uh, I want to at- attack with enchanted creatures. So, it's, it's... so what I'll say about this card is, generally, I say this is a bad card. <laughs> I've seen it played a lot. And it never does enough to warrant the seven mana. However, most people aren't running as low as a curve that you are. So with this deck, I can see you playing a lot of auras in a turn. Mazzy lets you get stuff back. So in a sense, even if they remove your problematic creatures with auras, you still have access to those auras to cast them again. So mm-hmm. this in your deck, I could I could see easily doubling that that power and toughness three times in a single turn mm-hmm. which will straight up kill somebody when your creatures have trample and you, and you want to know who really enables this thing to cheat that constellation is your old pal sun titan because it's an <laughs> etb not a cast yeah yeah that's true but i mean uh you're probably right like most of the time casting casting this for 7 it's going to sit a turn or a rotation and anybody who has read the card is probably going to say, yeah, that, that thing's got to go because it's going to do something nasty. I've, I've only played this deck a handful of times. I've cast this guy once and he got his, he got his work in one rotation and then was immediately removed the next rotation. Yeah. I mean, you got to remove it or I mean, that'll finish the game. That, that is a finisher. Mm -hmm. You know, looking back through your deck, you, you said Sun Titan enables it. But a good old two-drop enables it probably a lot better. And uh, Pips, if you're listening, yep. you'll be a fan of this <laughs> one. This one's for there, you. <laughs> there is a light pause in this deck. And yes, if you and if you cast in an aura, I don't think... Yeah. Uh, when an aura ETBs. Yeah. Um, and if you control it. Oh, if you cast it. Yeah. Oops. Yep. Yeah, so... You don't have to enchant her, but you can cast one, and then she'll tutor up another one and attach it to her. So that's at least two right there. Right. Yeah. That's that's a very good point. We can uh, turn light paws into heavy paws. <laughs> that's good. I like that. All right. Well, I think that's all the, the, the cards we've got to look at in the deck. So now we're going to move on to the CMC lightning round. And if you guys don't remember, this is where we go through the five cuts and the five ads for the deck as quickly as possible. We started that last episode. So good luck. All right. uh, We'll do a countdown, I guess. Three, two, one. We've got we're cutting Monastery Swift Spear for the Ozlith, cutting Nissian Wanderer for Mirari's Wake. Gorgos Vicious Watcher for Indric Umbra, Heliod's Punishment for Generous Visitor, and Three Dreams for Combi of Celebration. Nicely done. Yeah. So this is the part where we go back and talk talk through the cards. The first one we've got is Monastery Swift Spear. It's a one drop with haste and prowess. It's a one two. And I would like to cut it for the Ozolith, 
which is a mm. one drop that off the top of my head lets you move counters from your creatures after they die onto the Ozolith, and then when you go to combat, I believe you can move them onto a creature. It yeah, it does uh it does that. I was gonna look, I think I have a had a copy sitting on my desk. Yeah, Maybe whenever got... a creature you control leaves the battlefield, it had, if it had counters on it, put those counters on the Ozolith. At the beginning of combat on your turn, if the Ozolith has counters on it, you may move all counters from the Ozolith onto target creature, and it's a one-drop. So, I don't like Swift Spear in your deck. Um, I see what you're trying to do with the prowess, but you're not a Storm deck. You're not playing cantrips. You're not twiddling away. So I don't think you're going to get a lot of action out of the prowess. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, maybe you've already played a game where this card solidified its position in the deck, but I think the Ozolith would fit much better here with your sub-theme of Heroic. Yeah, I could see that. The only hesitation I have there, I give it to you on your reasons for cutting the Swift Spear. The only reason it's in the deck, and I think there are better options for what it's trying to do, is to be a small creature that can get out and attack quickly for that next turn because you only have <clears throat> until your next turn to recast those auras that fall off. And so sometimes if I want to get one back, I need to have another creature out stat to attach it to. Gotcha. So that that makes sense, though, because you're right. The prowess thing will probably trigger once and then go away. The the Ozlith is a is a great addition. What I was going to say is my only hesitation to it is the price tag. But you said you have one sitting on your desk. It's for someone else. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it's that that copy of Ozolith is for our old Gulgari fan, friend uh, Varals. But oh, okay. we'll get into that on another day. <laughs> I I really yeah. like it here with Chisro. Uh, I was counting the cards in your deck, not only your heroic cards, but all the cards that dealt in plus one, plus one counters. And I think I got up to 12 and I was like, yeah, it's good. that's good enough. I He's like, that's, that's good enough. Yeah. But Shishro puts plus one, plus one counters on everything that's modified. So with both mm -hmm. of those out, you, you could be looking at several counters when your creatures leave the battlefield. You know, there was a, uh, in the original build of this, there was a different uh, one drop that had heroic. It was Seder Hoplite. Um, it's a 1-1, one, one, and it has Heroic to add a plus one, plus one counter on it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why I added the Swift Spear instead of him, but... It's in the deck. In... You have it in the list. Well, then I just can't read. Maybe there was a different one. Oh, I think there was a... I think there was another white one that I didn't add. But anyway, it's a good it's a good call. Later in life, the the cut and add might happen. But right now, I think I want to keep the the Mazzy as a somewhat budget build. It's, gotcha. I think right now it's a uh, 120 roughly, so not uh -huh. super budget, but budget esque. Gotcha. Um, for the next one that you had for cutting Nessian Wanderer, who is a uh, a two drop with Constellation that basically lets you filter the top of your library to reveal a land, put it in your hand, and the rest go on the bottom. The I mean, the reason that that's in there is just to continue pseudo ramping if I if I need to early on. So as I attach auras to him, I can look at the top, find the the red mana that the deck might be hungry for, <laughs> um, and then uh, and then put it in. But Mirari's Wake would be a a good addition 
for what is it a three five drop good five drop creatures you control get plus one plus one and whenever you tap a land for mana add one mana to your mana pool of any type that land could produce yeah i i don't love that it's a five drop i'm starting to sound like you now (laughs) but there's probably a good reason for everything that it does i think the the anthem effect on this would be like good-ish but the the real reason to include it, I think, would be for doubling your mana. Yeah. So when I was going through cuts, I don't like Nissian Wanderer. Uh, you run 34 lands in your deck. You're going to be hitting a lot of whiffs. I just know you are. That, and he puts the rest of the stuff on the bottom of your library. So it's just got to feel super bad, even if you get a land, to just really hit something that you just really wanted to draw. And now it's on the bottom of your library. So... When I cut him, I was like, I hadn't even picked Marari's Wake as an ad yet. And I was like, I, I get what he's trying to do here with the ramp. So let me see if I can find something that works well with the deck, but also provides more mana. So that's where I came with Marari's Wake. You don't run a lot of mountains in the deck, like you pointed out <laughs> before. It does get hungry for red mana sometimes. So if you only have like one one mountain or two mountains, Marari's Wake, you know, makes that two to four mountains in a sense. It's a fair point. All right. The next one. So this one's kind of funny because he was my pick for the six drop. I really like what he's trying to do. So I picked a card to replace him that kind of does the same thing. The reason I wanted to cut him is the triple green. That could be kind of a pickle, (laughs) I guess, in a sense. Triple pips and a deck that's more than two colors can be very hard to hit. I also wanted to cut cut him because outside of his last ability, he doesn't do anything super great for the deck. I mean, he is a beater, but you've got plenty of those. But the card I wanted to cut or add instead of his place is super sweet, and I have lost to this card a lot. And that is Indric Umbra. So for... The exact same CMC, but different colors. You get an aura that is, of course, six mana, four colorless, a green and a white. It says enchant creature. Enchanted creature gets plus four, plus four, and has first strike. And all creatures able to block do all creatures able to block it do so. And then it has totem armor, which is if an if the enchanted creature would be destroyed, instead remove all damage from it and destroy this aura. So this kind of replaces the fight thing on Gargos, but amps it up to 11. Because Gargos, if you play one aura, you're going to fight one creature. Whereas Indric Umbra, you put it on one creature, and you most likely can wipe their whole board. It gives the creature plus four, plus four, and then Mazzy will give it plus two, plus zero. So even base stats, if it was a zero creature, it's currently swinging in for six. And you can apply your damage how you want to, so you more than likely can wipe the whole board, and if they have something with Death Touch or they have enough creatures to kill your creature, it also has Totem Armor, which will then protect it, and then Mazzy will exile it, and you will be able to cast it again on your next turn. I think. Does the creature have to die? No, just the aura. Just the aura. I like this pick a lot for, for a few different reasons. Like you said, getting rid of the three green pips is nice. The The Gargos thing is like, um, it's, it's kind of cute, but... yeah. It can be hard to cast him. Um, and then the 
other than being a vigilant creature, he doesn't do a whole lot else other than fight once in a while. The other reason I like this is because it pairs really well with like indestructibility, which is in the deck. Mm-hmm. So you can swing out with the Indric Umbra enchanted creature who also happens to have indestructibility on it. And their whole board has to block that one creature that doesn't die. And then the rest of your board gets through. Yeah. Which I think is pretty cool. It also made me think maybe I need to include a few creatures in this deck that have death touch just to right. pair, pair that with the trample effect. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's, that's gross. So I need to need to write that down in the notes, <laughs> but, but no, I like this pick a lot. I have, I have n- nothing to say except if I have a copy of this, I'm going to, if I don't, I'm going to go get one and then instant swap it. Unfortunately, they don't, they don't come in foil. I was just noticing that. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to have a, a local neighborhood Sharpies foil it for me. If All right. Still, the if next you're still one, in that business. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Do you want to talk about the next one or you want me to do it? Let me pull up the card you're suggesting. There it is. Oh, okay. what the hell is that? That it's is a generous smart. visitor. He's he's something. Yeah. Okay. So generous visitor is a one green. Well, hold on. You got to uh, talk about the cut first. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. We're cutting Heliod's punishment for some reason. Dude, this Why don't you so tell bad. me? No, <laughs> this it's, it's is funny. It's, it's it's funny. It's funny, but it's bad. It's so bad. <laughs> this is like All right. th- this is draft chaff. Like this is good in draft, and that's literally it. Okay, that you're not wrong, but <laughs> he- Heliod's punishment is one colorless and white <laughs> for an aura. It enters the battlefield with four task counters on it. Enchanted creature can't attack or block. It loses all abilities and has tap. Remove a task counter from Heliod's Punishment. Then if it has no task counters on it, destroy Heliod's Punishment. So the reason that I include this is because it shuts off a creature for four turns. Or four untaps. If they have Seaborn Muse or something, they could get around that. <laughs> but So you're, you're saying, but it only lasts four turns. Yes. As soon as it destroys itself, Mazzy says, hey, let's put that back. Or Sun Titan says, hey... Why don't we reattach that to you? So while most of the time it is trash, I have ways to reuse it. I guess you have a point there. You know what? So that, I, okay, that's, so, that's why it's funny. So I have Generous Visitor as the ad for this. But since you don't want to do the Ozolith because it's a little bit expensive, there's another aura, and I cannot think the think of the name of it. Uh, but it basically turns a creature into a, a treasure. Oh, yeah. Uh, minimus Containment. Yeah, there you go. Minimus. How much does that cost, CMC? It's a three drop. So for three hey, mana. Sun Titan can get it back. Yeah, a white, two colorless. Uh, it's, it enchants, enchants a non-land permanent. So the punishment only hits creatures. This can hit creatures or other things. And it said enchanted permanent is a treasure artifact with tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one mana of any color and it loses all other abilities. So that's a pretty good card. The only bad thing is, is like you actually give the player a way to get rid of the aura. So if you were to enchant their uh, commander, uh, it's not going to do a whole lot. Might slow them down a little bit, but in this deck, like you said, sun Titan and Mazzy will both get it back. So you can, I mean, you can start doing some Brago shenanigans, just popping permanents left and right. All right, so we've we've pivoted on recommendations here. Yeah, but the other one I, I think you should add as well. Why don't you give that one a read? 
All right. Generous Visitor uh, is a 1-1 spirit from the Neon Dynasty Kamigawa. Whenever you cast an enchantment spell, put a 1-1 counter on target creature. Yeah. So it gives heroic to everything. Yeah. So in a sense. <laughs> I, I put this in my wife's uh, Chishro deck, and I, I mm-hmm. thought it was kind of funny. Because I read it wrong. I read it as when you cast an enchantment spell, you put a plus one, plus one counter on Generous Visitor. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cute and right up her alley. It's a little one drop that keeps getting bigger. And then her commander's going to make it even larger. And then she played it against me. And she just mm-hmm. started putting plus one, plus one counters on everything. And I called her a cheater and showed, told me to read the card. And I was like, holy crap, this thing's a lot better than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> For a one drop, it's not bad at all. Yeah. No, I, I like the idea of this uh, this card a lot. There's another card that this reminds me of, and I can't think of the name of it, but it's a an enchantment, and whenever whenever you play an enchantment, you put a 1-1 counter on another creature, something like that. I'm going to look it up, and we'll come back to it. But while we do that, I'm going to first of all say, don't love the cut, but I like the ad. Okay. Well, at least and we then got... you can you can... Start on the next one. Yeah, well, you can replace Monastery Swift Spear with that one. Oh, true. Right. So the last one, I, I feel like we're going to get a little bit of pushback on this one. But <laughs> it's it's three dreams. It's a six drop, or five drop, sorry. I can't count. Uh, four colorless and a white. Sorcery, search your library for up to three aura cards with different names. Reveal them and then put them into your hand to shelf your library. Mm-hmm. I get why this is here. I don't like it because it's a five drop. That's that's the only reason, I guess. I've played with this card a few times. And it's one of those cards that like when you read it, it seems super great. And then you play it for five mana. You tap out to play it and you're like, man, I'm going to go get some really cool stuff. And then someone's like, nah, I think we're going to counterspell that. And then you just feel really bad because it costs five mana. <laughs> all right. So first of all, whoever's countering... This card is probably an asshole. That would be, but me. I don't dis. <laughs> yeah, well, probably, um, but I don't disagree with your assessment of the the five mana investment there. And I th- I think just like by the nature of being an enchantress deck, there's enough draw effects in here anyway. And I like in general, I like to draw into cards more than search for cards. Yeah, I just that is more fun to me. So. I'm not I'm not that upset about uh, this cut. The ad we have for is another five drop. So, you know, it's not going to affect your average CMC all that much. But we have Kami of Celebration for four colorless and a red. You get a creature spirit that says whenever a modified creature you control attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play play that card this turn. Whenever you cast a spell from exile, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. And it's a three three. So. Its first ability is pretty good. I don't necessarily like that you have to play that this turn. Um, a lot of our newer cards are allowing us to keep stuff exiled until the following turn and cast it. That feels a lot better. But what I mm-hmm. really like it is whenever you cast a spell from exile, you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. And that works great with your commander who does exile the stuff and lets mm-hmm. you cast them until your next turn. So it's kind of like a um, like a smaller version of Mazzy. Like you're not getting the 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 aura from the graveyard into exile, but you are possibly getting it from the top of your library. Yeah, I 
I like this ad a lot. I run this run this card in uh, an Asari build who casts things from exile, and it accumulates value quite nicely. And I like the I like that it kind of gives you pseudo draw with the exile effect, but like you were saying, you just got to be cognizant of when you're attacking and when you're casting spells. And uh, yeah, I I actually kind of like the way that this is worded in a way, just because. For newer players, I think it helps them remember that there is a second main phase. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have seen a lot of newer players that I play with assume that after combat their turn is done. Yeah, and it's and you have to give them that reminder of like, no, you can drop lands, you can cast spells, you can do other things. So I, I almost like this in a way as like a training tool to remind them like you should you should think through your phases and use them accordingly. Gotcha. Yeah, I I mean I I agree with you. But no, I I like that that change quite a bit actually. And we were talking about budget earlier. 3 dreams, I I don't know if it's only been printed once or what, but it's a $2.75 card. Oh wow. And yeah, yeah, and Kami of Celebration is 20 cents. So, yeah. I like that too. Yeah. And then circling back to the card that I was trying to think of, uh, it's a three drop. It's Oath of the Ancient Wood. Um, and it's an enchantment. And it says, whenever Oath of the Ancient Wood or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, you may put a 1-1 counter on target creature. So okay. it, it does almost almost exactly what your little visitor guy does, but it's an enchantment instead of a creature. So yeah. I, I may try to find a home for that as well. Because yeah. there is... When I added the heroic sub-theme to this, like I knew there would be some 1-1 counter things happening. But the more I play it, the more that it's like almost a 50-50 split between an enchantment deck and a, a counters deck. Yeah. Just playing a modified so, deck, man. Hey, that's <laughs> that's the key word right there. But So I think right, on the well, cuts and adds, uh, the Ozolith, it seemed to be the only one you had a problem with. So I'm going to change that to Minimus Containment if I can. Yep, there we go. I'll allow it. The the only other one I was I was uh, waffling on was the Marari's Wake, and that's just just from be- it being a five drop. Yeah, uh, I feel you there. It's commitment. In, in this uh, in this deck in particular, it's not one that like needs to continue climbing that hill of mana production. Yeah. Once I get to five mana, I'm probably like doing the things each turn that I want to do. Mm-hmm. So that's my only hesitation there. But overall, these were some good cuts and ads. All right. So you so you mentioned that you are not a huge fan of aggro attacky red zone type decks. Yeah. W- would you pilot this deck? Okay, so yes and no. If you made the changes that I suggested, yes. If you made a few more changes, yes. As it sits now, probably not. But piling it, yes, I I would play this. I've had a couple of these type of decks in the past. The only thing is they, they don't last long. They're fun, they're cute, they're exciting, but they get boring and old very fast, for me at least. Because, I mean, I'm not really... That's the thing I don't like about aggro strategies is it's the same thing every game. You might be playing different cards, but if your win cons to the red zone, you're just going to be attacking. That, that's my main problem with decks like this. That's fair, but that's the way that Richard Garfield intended. Turn your cards <laughs> sideways. 
Yes, I I turned my uh, mana rocks and lands sideways so that I can combo off. Well done. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everybody for uh, sticking with us. Hope you enjoyed it. If you want to, and we will ask pretty please, go and leave some positive feedback. Uh, hit us in the Discord. Let us know what you think. Uh, let us know if we should k- keep doing this, and let others know if they if they would like to uh, if you think they would enjoy it. And if you want to hit us up, here's how you can do that. We'll start with Sharpie. Where can we find you? Well, first you can find the actual page, the podcast page, at CMD Tower on Twitter. But if you want to reach out to me personally, which, you know, like Roth said, we would really like if you guys did that and let left us some feedback, you can find me on Twitter at SD underscore Sharpie. Yep, and uh, if you want to also harass me on Twitter, um, I'm at Vibes. Otherwise, you can find both Sharpie and I uh, in the CMD Discord, um, chopping it up about our magic builds or and or snap. Oh, no. You won't catch me there. <laughs> catch me outside. How about that? Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See ya. See ya.